In Christ. What does it mean for something to be in Christ? Let's explain it again. We have that compilation. Please, let me recommend it again. We packed about 44 messages. 42 of them are on the subject, Christ, into one DVD. All right? Now, what does it mean for something to be in Christ? What does it mean for something to be in heavenly places? To be in heavenly places does not mean that's only when you will have died that you will enjoy the thing. We must remember, remind ourselves of that. To be in heavenly places simply means that the thing is stored in a place where natural things cannot corrupt it. It means the thing is stored in a place where the changing tides of this earth will not touch it. Your money does not have to be in your house before you can spend it. It can be stored in the bank and it's available to you. It's not like when you get a job in guaranteed trust, that's when you will not be able to spend all the money that um, you saved up there. Or that when, when people follow you to the bank, that's when they can reach their money. The bank is a place where you store the money and then you can spend the money in many places. In the same manner, blessings stored in heavenly places, it doesn't mean that it's only when you die you will see them. It just means it's a storage place. From there, good things will come to you on the earth. That's the meaning of the word heavenly places. But my emphasis, all right, is that one in Christ. When we say we have been blessed with blessings and the blessings are in Christ, what that simply means, let me explain it again, all right, is that if something is in Christ, it means you, did not, you are not getting it because of what you did. If you say it's in Christ, it means the basis upon which it's being poured into your life, is what Jesus did. If God says something is given to you in Christ, please follow me, it means that the basis upon which you get it is the work of Jesus, not your own work. Are you getting my point here? Are you getting my point? If any man is in Christ, what does that mean? It means the person's change is not because of his effort, but because of his faith. If the Bible explains anything and says it is in Christ, it means, for example, let's talk about prosperity now. We know the grace of our Lord Jesus, one of my favorite scriptures from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, that he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich. If we say riches are in Christ, it means the riches came to you because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Do you get my point here? Yes, so when it says blessings are in Christ, what that simply means that everything you are getting, it is because of what Jesus did, not what you did or what you are doing. That's why the basis, if you see, if you go back to that John, John chapter 6, let's look at a particular scripture there. When they ask Jesus, what must we do that we may, we may walk the works of God? When he told them that, listen, this is not what you are doing right now, the right work. You're not doing the right work. So they asked him simply. After he told them that what you are doing is wrong, they asked him in verse 28, what shall we do so that we may walk the works of God? And he answered them in verse 29, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. What was he saying here? If people are going to get blessings out of God, it is not going to be because of their own effort. It's going to be because of faith in what God has done for them in Christ Jesus. 
I hope you are getting my point. And that's what I want us to explain. I want us to understand. When we are talking about doing the service of God, please, let's disabuse of our, our minds of it. We believers are not doing things for God so we can get from Him. That is not Christianity. That is a level of operation that's inferior to what we have in Christ Jesus. The basis of our prayer. Listen, get it clear. When we are praying as believers, when we are giving as believers, when we are doing, like here now, we are working as believers, we are putting our hands together for the propagation of the teaching of the truth of God. All right? We do them for a totally different reason than trying to collect something from him. I give this example all the time. I'm married. All of you here know my wife. I can't remember. Well, maybe I do things like that when I'm dreaming, and in my dream, I fell asleep. And then in the dream and in the sleep, I started dreaming. And in that dream, I started smoking. You know, this is a second-level dream now, in which a man is now smoking. I will now do something for my wife because of what she's going to, or what she's going to do back for me. My wife knows it too. The other day she said, hey, she came and said, um, hey, she started healing me all of a sudden. No, first he said, can I ask you for something? Please listen patiently. I said, ask. Now. I said, wait, I'm coming. He said, hey, my husband, oh, give me a hug, give me a kiss. Well, then I said, At the end of the day, I said, this will will greet him. <laughs> ask for the thing you want to ask. Okay, and I said, okay, I'm going to ask for something. Promise you, you'll grant it. I said, no, I can't make any such promises until I've heard the thing. See, now I promise now. I said, Lila, you know me. You've known me for almost 17 years now. As a married husband to you, you get my point. You will not, don't bother. Just tell me what you want. She now told me that, you know, I want the head of John the Baptist on the platform. <laughs> I said, forget that. I'm not killing John the Baptist. <laughs> The Lord is good. <laughs> no, it was just, just playing. We're playing in the house. We're just playing, all right? But the fact is that, listen, I've got that day. What she asked for, I said, Lala, I'm not doing it. I said, no, 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 no. I am not going to do it. You know, begging is not going to remove common sense out of the, you know? When you, if you look like now, you tell me that two plus two is equal to four. Now I say, please, my husband, I'll let it be six. I'm begging you. <laughs> Can two plus two be six just because you are begging me? That's what many times women don't understand. You know, they, you know I'm digressing now into marriage matters. So. You know that they, eh, no, but eh, I'm asking you now. I say you don't understand. I'm not refusing because I don't like you. I'm refusing because this is not doable. Two plus two is equal to four. It's okay, okay. If you won't do six, just do five. Ah, this is not. <laughs> this is not about. Whether it is for, it is whether, whether I want to or I don't want to. All the calculation methods show that this 2 plus 2 is equal to 4. Okay, you don't love me. I love you. But 2 plus 2 is equal to 4. It must always be, must you be thinking, thinking everything through. If I don't think like this, you would not have married me in the first place. I wouldn't be a husband. Husbands are meant to think. Your wife, the eyes. You know, all that crying now, why all this? Why? <laughs> You couldn't change your mind. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> I said the Lord is good. 
Now, the point I'm just making is, so, all these years, my wife wouldn't do something for me because she wants to ask. No. And we cannot do that with God. I want Christians to understand that. And for that reason, whatever we do, we don't go to God with this sense of righteousness when we want to ask. There's a way, de- there's a way we declare things when we want to pray. And we, we, we put that one together so that believers will know how on earth they are supposed to pray. We don't pray because, we don't ask God based on what we have done. When we start prayer, this is why we chant it here. We say, I enter into the presence of the Father as a renewed child of God. I have been made righteous by the power of the blood of Jesus, and I give him the praise for it. I haven't come in the power of the good works I have done. I have come only because of the grace and mercy which I have through Christ Jesus. I thank the Lord for loving me. I thank the Lord for washing me clean. I thank the Lord for making me worthy to stand before him. I have come in the company of my brethren, who are also washed, who are also clean. We are a company of children of God, who are declared righteous by faith in Christ Jesus. We chant that all the time to remind ourselves of the basis of answered prayers. Christians make this mistake, and they are taught like that. And that's what I'm correcting again today. That for what you have done for God, he has to do something back for you. The truth is that that is not Christianity. And when you are praying, please, never, ever quote your righteous works. Don't even quote your morally straight lifestyle when you want to ask God for something. Don't quote any of these things. And please don't misunderstand Hezekiah. Because people say that Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and then, you know, he prayed to God. And said, God, look at what I have done for you. Hezekiah said nothing of such. What Hezekiah said, let me summarize it is, I have no other God but you. I have had no other God but you. That's what Hezekiah said. If you read it well in between the lines, and you see later when Hezekiah was giving God thanks, he actually repented of his sins. I don't have time to go through it now. You will see, by the time he came back to give God thanks, he began to repent. Ezekiah didn't get up and say, God, you know, I've done everything right. What he said essentially is this. I have had no other God but you. If you don't heal me, where will I go? You have always been my hope. Please don't disappoint me. That was why God told Ezekiah, Isaiah, go back, go and increase the length of his days by 15 years. Ezekiah never said, God, you know I built you a temple. Ezekiah never said, God, you know I helped the poor. Ezekiah never said, God, you know I helped the widow. Ezekiah never made any statements like that. When Christians come and quote what they have done for God as a basis for what they are going to get out of him, the truth is that they always lose out. What about testimonies we have heard? Most of those testimonies, there are two things. One, number one, I don't care who gave the testimony. A lot of them are lies. Sorry to say it like that. Second set, they are not lies. The people are confused. There's no third option. He said, Pastor, how can you talk like that? Go and read your Bible. The book of Mark chapter 4, don't bother opening to it. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a man sowed sin to the ground. If you read the Amplified, he said, day by day, he goes to sleep and you know, wakes up by, by morning, you know, every day. He said, the earth by itself produces. He himself does not know how. Many people give testimonies they don't know how. Many people tell stories. You know, life is very funny. You, you know you forget a lot of things. 
you will forget a lot of things. There are prayers you pray at night, you fell asleep, you woke up in the morning, you never remember that prayer again. But God answered it. In fact, I like one of the Carnegie used to say one of his messages, some of his messages. He said there was a time he would wake up and find himself on his knees. He didn't know when he left the bed. Last he knew was that he went to bed to sleep. He woke up, he's on his knees. When he got up from his bed, he can't remember. When he knelt down beside the fireplace because of cold, where he came to pray, he, he said he wouldn't remember. There are prayers, pray, people prayed like that, and they've forgotten. I was listening to Pastor Paul, you know, a particular message he preached. He said something that, that's just that is the one we're driving down. You know, he said something which I, I, it never, I knew it, but it never struck me like that. He was saying that there are certain spiritual things that happen, and the people involved don't know. He gave an example. I, I've taught some of these things here before, that in our school of prayer, that God raised people to pray Jesus, all right, down to the earth. We gave example of who? Simeon and um, Anna, all right? He said, if the Bible did not record that story, that there are many things that happen in the life of Mary, that she will never ascribe to the prayers of Simeon. I don't know whether you're getting my point. That is, you will see something happen in the life of Mary concerning the child Jesus. But Mary did not know about Simeon. <laughs> so, Mary thinks this just happened by itself. And that's why you don't build doctrines on testimonies. You build doctrines on the word of God. That's why many preachers who just come and say, last week I was in this place. One girl, they had tied her destiny. I just said, my friend, you are talking to Christians. I tell them they tied their destiny. It was when the witch confessed the destiny was losing. That girl was never a believer or you don't know what you are saying. I don't need a witch confessing to have the destiny of a child of God released. Start telling me, children of God, where's your placenta? Who buried your placenta? Who ate your placenta? To a child of God, is wrong doctrine. I don't care who's preaching anything. It's wrong doctrine. Why well, I'm saying all of this? So we have to be careful when we judge testimonies. The Bible says he himself does not know how. There are times, I mean, I remember the story I read, you know, different, many of us may have heard stories like that. Mission, a, a man sick, sick unto death. Then suddenly, he woke up, he was well. He woke up, he was well. Okay, yes, I remember the example that Pastor Bojo even gave. He gave those ones. But the one he gave is that the centurion, the man was sick at home. The, the master was with Jesus, negotiating. And then the guy suddenly got well. Those around there, if they are not aware of what Jesus was doing, they wouldn't know how he got well. Assuming at that particular point in time, they had brought some leaves, yes. Imagine it now. They had brought some particular leaves, dipped it inside water, and were sprinkling on the, on the centurion servant's head. And suddenly he woke up. They would say, the leaves walk. Did the leaves work? No. The leaves just happened to have been sprinkled, used to sprinkle water on his head at the point that Jesus said, go, your servant leaves. The Syrophoenician woman who came to Jesus to ask for her, son, for her daughter, assuming the people had to, of course, she didn't leave that girl alone at home. People were with her, offering all kinds of remedies. At that point in time, they probably brought one man to come and play drum. And as he was playing drum, the girl woke up. Not knowing that at that moment, the mother said, 
Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. At that moment, Jesus said, Great is your faith. Go. Your daughter is well. The girl gets up. They now come and give testimony. We call the drumming man. As he was beating the drum, he beat the drum, the, the spirit back into existence. And God will not kill the girl because of that. After it's not the mother saying that one. It's the confused people in the family compound. That's when they are telling some testimonies. My wife was looking at me and said, This is my husband, you're interested. So the ones I was in the church, a man was telling stories about a man whose son died. And he had built a church for another church, not his own church. And he carried the corpse of the little boy, laid the boy on the altar, said to God, If this is what I get for building you a church, take the boy. And suddenly the boy woke up and said, Daddy. And and the preacher was not telling me that that's why we have to build God churches. I just turned to my wife. I said, it's a lie. My wife said, ah, how are you sure? I said, God doesn't behave like that. I said to my wife, I said, it's a lie. I don't care who tells the testimony. It's a lie. Did a boy die? I was not there. Did the father carry him to a church? I don't know. Did the boy rise up from the dead? I'm not aware. Is that sequence what happened? No. It's a lie. Why? I know God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you know him, you know I'm not joking about him. I told him I'm going to teach about God. There's no different aspects of him. You don't joke with him. You brag on him that is that what I get for building you a church? You look at you. Come, 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 come here. Is your grandfather an architect? No. <laughs> he will call you. Do you know where cement comes from? No. Tell me the molecular structure of iron rod. No. You don't have an idea. Come, let me tell you. Tell me about the origin of money. By the time he finishes asking you 15 questions, you will, you will, you will fall down. I said, Lord, I didn't build you a church. I'm sorry. I wasn't there. What is a church? Do you know what they call a church? <laughs> Go and see the kind of questions he asked Job. Job was confused. Job said, I've always worked righteously. I've always worked righteously. Even God testified he has always worked very righteously. God now said, come, let us discuss. Spell Orion. Job said, what? Wait. When I put Orion... In the sky, were you there? Do you know how I put a limit for the sea? Ah, Job said, What does that go to do what we're talking about? <laughs> when God finished questioning Job, Job got confused. You know, there are things, stories here you just hear. I just tell my wife, I said, It's a lie. This is not Christianity. You are just telling me lies. In the same manner, they come and start giving testimonies. As I was sowing that seed, I said, God, this seed. You will multiply it. And next day, doors open. I said, my friend Claire, go away. Many of those testimonies are not true. Why are they not true? Two reasons. No, let me me not even go into detail. Why are they not true? But I want to explain that even if things like that actually happen, it's not for the reason that man is telling you. Like I said, God is very kind. He is very, very kind. Sometimes in desperation you cry. 
in that desperation, he gives you something. Like I said, you may even have forgotten that you cried. But because you went to church the next day, and somebody said, so is it, and you did, you now think that is why that thing began to happen. God said, no, I heard you cry yesterday. Did you not cry to me? Why are you not giving the glory to your seed? Why don't you just say, I cried to God, but you won't remember? Because, you see, you've fallen asleep, you've forgotten. Your, the human flesh likes to hold on to that thing that it did. I said something before, let me say it again. There are people listening to me. That until you go and eat, God will not answer you. You've been fasting. You've been on the fast now for the last two weeks. God said, if you don't eat, I won't answer you. Why? I want you to take you from one level to another. You have too much faith in this, your own works. If I answer you now, you will say it's because I fasted. So I want you to eat. After, in fact, it's after a birthday party that breakthrough will come, which you attended, and you ate extra. They say, another plate, I will make you hungry that day. You call, yes, second plate. Do you want malt? Yes, malt, coke. Gouda. You hide, you hide the bottle under the table. <laughs> if I say this, some of you will laugh. Go say, drink it. <laughs> say, I know you want to drink it. Drink it. Mama <laughs> <laughs> don't know God I'm like that. When you have finished, you say, hey, when you have eaten your food, you now get back home. Because what did you say? My business, Lord, I need breakthrough. I need doors to open. I need customers to come. I need more money to come. I need a loan. Or I need finance for this area. How much facility do you need? Okay, I'm going to get you one at 4% per annum. 150 million. Next, if somebody just only connects you to one bank of industry or one this one thing that federal government is doing, for you know what's happening, 150 million is there. And a man who's approving, say, what are you doing? Is that what you are doing? Ah, my friend in the services, he connects you with her. And the man doesn't ask you for a dime. And, you, and people like that will not go and say, brethren, if you want breakthrough, eat a plate of food. <laughs> Drink malt, coke, and a gouda. <laughs> Such a man telling him to fast. Say, lie, lie. I'm not fasting again. He said, fast or breakthrough? He said, for where? For what? I fasted, I almost died. The day I ate, I got my breakthrough. Leave him. And you know why God did that for him? God just said, if I don't break this man's mindset, he can't go to another level. That I never answer anybody because they fasted. I never do. God doesn't. God answers people because they prayed in faith. That is the only reason he answers. They're asking for breakthrough. It's when they pray in faith. That's why I explained the issue of Christian fasting. A Christian doesn't fast the way people you know, try to describe fasting now. Go hungry, go hungry. No. Christian fast is concentration time. It's time to take a scripture, uh, take your Bible, take books, take tapes. Time to sit down and concentrate on what God is saying. Because many problems we have in our lives is because we are following wrong things. We are following wrong things, we are following wrong methods, we are not doing what is right. And in the multitude of activities, God cannot get that truth across to us. 
There are many people that they will see me say, Pastor, sorry, I've been busy. That's why I don't come for Bible studies. If you are too busy to come for Bible studies, I wonder what you have, have, what you have any other time for. So people like that, I go and I say, listen, I want this one. You need to, what is the fast? It is not hunger. You need to take a leave from this year. I'm so busy. Take two weeks off. Sit down. The first five days, I'm not talking to you. Holy Spirit is not telling you anything. Just take a Bible, cool your brain. There's a principle of Sabbath rest. You need to rest. When you have rested, then the, the message is start entering. It will be after the first ten days before the Holy Spirit will go near the problems you're talking about. The first one week, just teaching you on love your neighbor, love your wife, love, love your husband, love your friends, love your parents. He has not talked about your business. He has not talked about your life. He has said nothing about the problem. It's taking the first ten days just to wake you up to being a normal human being again. Then the eleventh day, the world starts coming towards your business. This is the problem. It's not money you need. It is that this is how you treat your customers. It is not right. The last person you told you do this, did you do it? He gives you a few corrections. After two weeks, you go back to work. Life starts again. In one month, you see the kind of break you didn't see in one year. You are getting the point I'm making here. God does not answer people because they did something for him. That's the point I'm making. And when I want to give his glory to another, he will say, ah, I have fasted. Ah, I, I said, God, hmm, this fast, when you hear them talking, like, you'll be looking at them and you'll be laughing. All the days that Jesus was around, they noticed that with all the miracles the disciples were doing, they didn't use to fast. So they called them to, they called them to the side and said, these are people. They don't fast. Why? John the Baptist's disciples used to fast. And he said to them, if the bridegroom is there, why would they fast? So people now say that the bridegroom has gone. No, he hasn't gone. He said, I will come back to you. When he came back in the person of the Holy Spirit, he's back here permanently. What he was talking about, the days, those few days when Jesus was taken away from them, it was the time of distress. If your wife dies, you will not eat. How much more? Jesus was to them more than a man's wife is to him. Jesus was their life, was their hope. They left fishing, task collection. They left everything to follow him. They suddenly just died. Boom, one day. Life came to an end. Important people became fugitives. No, before to see Jesus, you see Peter first. <laughs> Thank God, that guy, that guy, those guys were not corrupt. Otherwise, they would have built houses. <laughs> you want to see the Lord? What did you bring? Judas, come, consult us on this one. You are the master thief. <laughs> we, need to, we need you to help us to steal this one. But these were important people. And overnight, Jesus was taken away from them. They now became people that were being hunted. That was why they could not eat. What am I going to emphasize? Listen. As we are going on, we are continue to talk about how to serve God effectively. I just need to emphasize it. When we say, when we are doing that, it is not because of what we are going to get. Because blessings are in Christ. What do we mean when we say something is in Christ? We mean we did not labor for it. We mean he paid the price. We mean that once he paid the price, are you getting my point? We just lay claim to what he has done. And when we come to pray, I've said this again and again, that's why we read those our declarations just now. We don't come to pray because of what we have done. So when we're working for God, we're not taking account. Let me see what I have done for him. 
God sees my heart. He knows I'm the first to go to church. God sees my heart. He knows anything I'm the, anytime they are taking an offering, I'm the first to give. Like I said, some people say that, look, oh, I've heard it before. They said, look, look what, this, this business we want to start. Now, let me say this, because people do that a lot. Let me just say it again. It's wrong. This business we want to start. Which ministry do we tithe to? Which anointing do we bring over it? This thing sounds so right, but they are so not Christian. Which anointing do we bring over it? We need the cover of a man of God. So if they listen to somebody like me preach on radio or they've been attending here, they want Pastor Banky's cover over the blessing, over the business. So what do they now do? Now it's okay. Every time we make money, we'll give him this portion of it. Believe me, if you bring that money, I will collect. And I will, I will eat it. I will be happy. But let me just tell you ahead of time, you will not be blessed. There's nothing in it for you. Nothing. That habit is not Christianity. You don't need my anointing over your blessing. I'm too small for that. Over, over your, your business. I'm too small for that. You don't need my anointing over your business. You are your own greatest prophet. There's no man of God that should place himself over your life as the reason why you are prospering. How can you be struggling for God's glory? You smoke something. I expose you to nobody else but Christ and him crucified. Nobody else. My job is to teach you how to provide your business. Why should I be, why is it my anointing that's over your business making it prosper? Don't I want to live long? If I have been a blessing to you, if the words I have preached has produced something in your life, Paul said, yes, give me my own portion of it. I agree, I will collect that, I will eat it and be blessed. I will be happy. But so that this business can move forward. Let's be tightened to kingdom word. If you were doing that before, please stop that nonsense. We don't want your offering. It's witchcraft. Next thing, our account won't balance again. We won't lose because of you. <laughs> yes, now when Jonah enters your boat, you don't know what's going to happen. You tell Jonah, go to Nineveh. He said, no, I'm going to kingdom word. That is the end of it. <laughs> you come to kingdom word. <laughs> Breeze go just move us up and down. <laughs> Who's the Jonah in this place? You wonder that all the anointing you're supposed to use to preach. A man is siphoning it into his business with witchcraft offering. Or more. Christians are, look, in heaven, when they tell the angel, go and separate the wheat from the tears, he said, Oh God, they all look like witches. <laughs> <laughs> they all look like witches. This is all witchcraft. Christians don't know it. They, they, they glorify it, they testify about it. It's pure witchcraft. It's pure witchcraft. I said, look, this business we have covenanted with God. The 10% of the, of the profit, that's not our title. Just 10% we are giving to this man of God. As his prospering will be prospering. One day the man will sin, your business will close. Because you have opened your mouth. I don't know, hey, I don't have time to explain it. A lot of preachers are sinners. Ah, I was, <laughs> we will be, listen. All the one that you don't know, all the one that Samson was doing, he was still pulling down pillars, carrying them. Meanwhile, the guy was committing all kinds of acts. Then one day, the thing finally finished. He now went. You see, you must understand something. If Samson never cut that hair, he would take another man's wife. Nothing will happen. If Samson did not touch those locks, 
he will, he will finish with the Lila, get another harlot, finish with that one, get another girl, just, just continue. The only thing is that, the more he, go and read my book, Beyond Gifts and Talents. The more he does that, the closer he is to the cutting of his hair. And the day they cut it, he will not know. Look, what I'm going to say is that, look, you, you follow God by yourself. When you come here, come and listen to what I'm preaching. Use it. It's the truth. I'm telling you the truth. The spirit is the spirit of God. It is right. Don't tie your life to my own. Face God. That's why, for me. Let all the men of God that I know fall. It doesn't move me one bit. Because I've always had the boldness. They will say some things. I ask Israel. I say this one. The bishop is on, is, is on his own. But it doesn't move me at all. Ah, the other day I was there's one man, I, I preached something last night I was in Lagos. One of our sisters asked me that later to ask me a question. He was saying, say, eh, but some people say like this. I told him this is the person that said it. And she smiled, I said, yes. I said, in that area, I don't listen to him. And it's somebody I quote here all the time. I don't care who's which man of God is falling. You fall onto your, your, your it's between you and your God. But when you want to fall, I quickly collect the, the thing that's my own, put it in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, if you listen to a man like um, John Gillick, when he's talking about John Alexander Dowie, he will say Dowie before too much work turned his mentality. That's how he describes the man. That he knew that some things Dowie was doing at a particular point in time, they were wrong. So he will not describe the man that, oh, Dowie, great man. Too much work was what turned his mentality. What am I trying to say? As people of God, let's follow God. You are your own greatest prophet. This idea of let me be given from this business to this ministry so that the business will go forward is not Christianity. It is so wrong. If you want, you are your own greatest prophet. You want a blessing on your business, put your hands over that business and bless it with the blessing of God. Raise the rod of God over it continually. Say, what about the gospel? What about the man of God who blessed me with the word? What about advancing the gospel of God? It's a different mindset now. Now, if you now say, ah, I was nothing before. This man preached. We operated that word. Look at where we are today. Like I told you, one day somebody will come and tell me, say, come and bless a private jet. I will go there nicely. I won't say anything, no. So let us pray. Everybody bow your head. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you for this plane. It will never crash. Everybody will say amen. I will say, Lord, how can it crash? It's not going to fly anyway. <laughs> then all the eyes will open. I said, what did you say? I said, this plane will never fly. He said, why? I said, you are a very stupid man. You went to private project. You didn't see private BMW. You didn't see private Land Cruiser. I mean, this man of God no go chop me. You are not serious. Come on, go and bring concern. I, I love the tire. Pilot, if you fly this thing. Come on, sir. <laughs> Sister, what are you saying? Go to Costaris. Bring me one Ford Expedition and one BMW 7 Series. And pay for maintenance for five years, then your plane can fly. Only you want to chop alone. And they preach the sweat like this. You don't understand scripture, Abby. <laughs> they bribe my plane. <laughs> you know why? Because it is right. Because it is right. I can't be blessing, pray for you, preach, preach, preach. Then you buy private. Do you know how much they private yet? Now, so I'm, listen, why, why did I say that? I'm not, I understand that we should give. But I, it would be wrong for you to say, for the protection of my business, let me be tied to this ministry. That is what is wrong. That is what I'm explaining. So that my marriage can be good. 
let me be sowing into the life of a man that's happily married. That is witchcraft. If you want your marriage to be good, ask God, what do I need to do? What are the words? How do I honor my husband and be subject to him? How do I love my wife? Ask those questions. If you say, this man knows it, then come to him. Come and hear him. When he's finishing blessing, if the words bless you, say, ah, sir, it was a blessing. We brought you a gift. Not let me be sown into his life. So that the grace, you know, Christians, I don't know what they have become. So that the grace of marriage in his life will come into my life. That is not Christianity. In Christianity, we tap, we focus on God. We have been blessed where? In Christ. We have been blessed where? In Christ. The things of Christ are tapped by faith. Every work we do afterwards is a result, is an outflow of that faith. We never, listen to this, we never do anything else saying that this is where the answer will come from. No, I've heard all kinds of teachings about it. I have meditated about it and I'm saying to you again, the answer is in Christ. And Christ is tapped by faith. What is that faith? It is simply to say Amen. And hope in the promises coming to pass in your life. There is nothing you do to say, okay, let me do this one, then that blessing will now come. No. No. If God requires you to do something, he will move you into it spontaneously. He will not let you tie it to a blessing. I'm telling you, he will not let you tie it to that blessing. He will say to you simply, Ask in the name of Jesus. Have you asked? Yes, that blessing is in Christ. Claim it in Jesus' name. You claim it in Jesus' name. Say, now go, go and prosper. Now, if you, are really, you, are, you really believe that, as an example, it's a money matter. You become a giver. Not because you are trying to use the giving to collect it, but because now I know I'm no longer poor. So a sign that I am not poor is my generosity. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Don't open to it now. My faith is not in money. It's in God. Generosity is a sign. Not as if I'm trying to give so as to get. If you want to give to a ministry, please give to a ministry. That offering you are giving is not the way by which you connect so that the blessing will be upon your business. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. If you want to give, what do you do? Give. Don't try to start saying that it is as I'm giving to that ministry, their cover will not be over my business. That's not Christianity. Stop it. Stop it. You don't do anything because of bread. We don't. Our bread is in who? In Christ Jesus. Whatever we are doing, we are trying to be faithful. Let me end with that. We want to be faithful stewards. Everybody is on assignment. Whatever we are doing, we are trying to be faithful stewards. Everybody is on assignment. If God called you to go and sponsor a ministry, you are faithful in doing that. Not as if, let me do that so that my bless. No, I'm just being faithful. I hope you are getting my point here. If God calls me, say, look, I've given you extra resources. Be a blessing to many people. I am just being faithful. The blessing is in Christ. I will get up in the morning and pursue generosity with diligence. Why? That's how, I mean, let me give an example. I'm here now, I'm preaching. Has it ever crossed your mind why I'm preaching? The truth is that there's no particular reason more than the fact that I have a gift and it has to be expressed. I'm not preaching so that my wife will love me. Okay, don't love me now. Who else will you love? You are getting what I'm trying to say. I'm not preaching so that my children, all right, will be good. 
No. You've helped me teach about how to bless your children. And it does not include being a good preacher. I am not preaching so that I have food to eat. That's not the reason. There are other methods of getting food to eat than preaching. Why am I preaching? Because Paul said like this, necessity has been laid upon me. When I didn't have this platform to preach, if you ever read Choices Key to Destiny, I wrote that book out of pressure in my soul. The, the, it was just there. Are you getting my point? The anointing used to wake me. I, I used to be like a madman. I will get up and be taking a stroll at night. Why night? So that nobody will see my madness. And I will be preaching on the road. So today we are looking at the book of Genesis. And I'm walking on the road. Then I took a piece of paper and began to write. I wrote the book, Choices Key to Destiny, and gave it to this young woman who was not married that time. Someone was going to be there and said, please give it to her. Tell her I sent it. She read it. The papers, my manuscripts came back into my life when we were married. I took it and converted it to a book. I, can, I don't know what I've shown you guys to you. Books. That I, I, I would go to church. I remember that I was going to pass the church in Lagos. One day I went to church. I went to buy a tape. They didn't record. I came next time. They didn't record. Ah, after two or three straight Sundays of no recording, I sat down, replayed the messages in my mind, and wrote 22 pages. It's still in my house. I can show it to you. That is, they didn't record that message. You want to lose it. I said, I won't let it go. I took paper. That is big diaries. I wrote 22 pages recollecting what somebody preached. That, look, the pressure was in my... One day, I remember I came to Benin. I had not seen this young woman then for a while. We came for Pastor Corey's wedding. So we were playing, playing, everybody just, you know, after a while. And I remember that day, she sat at the back of a car, you know, just outside waiting for, at the ceremony venue. And I said, that was the first time we were having to talk, just two of us alone. The first thing I said, I said, look, I want to explain something to you. I just learned about ratification of covenant. She said, I don't want to hear. I was taken aback. How can you not want to hear the revelation? <laughs> revelation, you don't want to hear. She said, you've not asked me who I am. But you're looking okay. What is that? She asked you what? <laughs> she said, you just give me a you just, okay, I don't want to hear everything. I said, look, you are, now I'm just saying this now. You're my new congregation. I mean, I get, I get to offload this thing. You know? That is why I'm preaching till today. Because if I don't, it will be like fire shot up in my bones. That's how we serve God. He created us to serve him. We are created for good works. He placed us here to express him in different areas. And as we are going about doing what we are doing, that's all we are trying to do. We are just being faithful to him. We are not trying to bribe him to collect any blessing out of his hand. I hope you've gotten my point. Let's bow down and just give the Lord thanks. Let's give him thanks.